Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. That's what they define as a good family, a place where they make you feel esteemed, a place where they make you feel respected, a place where they make you feel valued. That's one thing that my wife and I made sure that we've done with our daughters. No matter what happens with them, we make them feel esteemed. We make them feel respected. Even when they make mistakes, it doesn't matter. We let them know that they are valued because they need to know. This younger generation needs to know that they're valued. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Before I even share the word this morning you know as I was going throughout this weekend I told Pastor Stroud this the Lord was just speaking some things to me some profound things that he wanted me to share with you this morning before I even get into the word Friday morning early in the morning like three o'clock in the morning I was up and I was you know I couldn't sleep and so I you know you know just pulled my phone up and I was looking at some different videos on on uh on, on YouTube and I saw this video where they were interviewing Will Smith. And uh, so I started watching a little bit of it. I watched about half of it. And he was talking about his new movie, Emancipation, that he's coming out with. And I'm not advertising for Will Smith. I'm just saying they were, he was talking about his new movie, Emancipation. And so after I finished watching about half of it, I turned it off and then I turned over to go back to sleep. But then as I was sitting there, I heard the Lord say to me, he said, I've emancipated my people. That's what I heard him say. He said, I've emancipated my people. And he said this to me. He said, I have emanci emancipated my people, but the, until they understand the covenant of my word, they cannot walk in their freedom. That's what he said to me. Let me read to you the definition of emancipation. The definition of the one that I found that was most powerful, it says, to free from restraint, control, or power of another, especially to be free from bondage. God says he's already freed you from restraint of the enemy of sin, from, from the control of sin, from the power of sin, and you are free from the bondage of sin. You already free. He says he's already emancipated you, but you cannot walk in it until you understand the covenant of his word. Once you begin to understand the covenant of his word and you begin to dig into this word, I'm not just talking about reading it every once in a while here and there, but when you begin to understand the covenant of his word, that's when you will be able to walk in your freedom in every area of your life. That was one of the things he said to me. The other thing he said to me is this. He said, I heard the Lord say that he said, that um, there's a difference between motivational words that we hear and the word of God. Because you, my, my brother and I, we send each other motivational words pretty much every other day or something, or you know, here and there. We, we send each other motivational things that we see on YouTube. But uh, what the Lord said to me was, he said that uh, th there's a difference between motive. He said motivational stuff gets you going. But he said my word establishes you. See, the, the motivational word will get you going. It'll encourage you. But when you get into the word of God, it's what establishes you. It's what's going to establish you and take you to where God wants you to be. 
And so I just wanted to share a couple of those things with you this morning before I share the word of God. And so I want to I share this morning with you from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, start, uh, starting with verse, at verse 14. And I want to also welcome our online community this morning. Let's welcome our online community this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. And thank you for being here with God's going to be hoping that you receive something that's going to change your life. And so here in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, it says this. He says, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And so I want to speak this morning from the subject, Family Matters. The Lord told me this is a prophetic word. I want you to tell, turn to your neighbor and say, family matters. matters. Say, family matters. matters. You see, when I was growing up, my my family was very close. And I'm not talking about our immediate family, my mom and my brothers. I'm talking about my whole family. We were very close. We spent weekends together celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, and special occasions. We ate together many Sundays at great grandma's house, my grandma Rebecca, and sometimes we ate at my grandmother's house. You know, we had, we had Sunday dinners. We laughed, we played, we talked, we told stories. You know, we asked questions, we listened to all kinds of stories. We had, we had a wonderful time back then with our families. And then on Sundays, we were expected to be at church. Sometimes we were at church all day. My grandmother would call early in the morning and she would call my mom's house at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning and say, I'm on the way. <laughs> Be ready when I get there. <laughs> it wasn't no choice about going to church. Grandma came and picked us up, all her grandchildren, and took us to church. But the good thing was she brought some sausage biscuits that she had made from homemade shrimp. So we always look forward to that little piece of aluminum foil that she had to keep them warm. And she had biscuits and jelly and sausage, and we were happy. And so we had to go to Sunday school. Then they, they, after that, they had devotion. And then, you know, they, after the devotion and everything, they had the announcements, all this. Then we did, the preacher came up and preached. And then on, that, on some particular days, they said, we having dinner downstairs in the fellowship hall. So you went down there and ate, and you ate good, too, because them ladies could cook. You know, my grandmother was one of the cooks and some other people. We went down there and cooked. Shout out to Vivian Hunt. If you, we see this later, they was down there cooking. You understand what I'm saying? And then after we ate, we had to go back upstairs for another service. So we was at church all day. You understand what I'm saying? at church all day. And I'm going to tell you something. Families were tight-knit in, that, in the community back then. We were tight-knit. You know, I'm not saying we was perfect. I'm not saying that. But back then, the family was a tight-knit, you know, uh, you know we were tight-knit back then. We were close. We spent time together, you know. And, uh, and we stuck together and made the best of it because that's what we were taught to do. 
It didn't matter whether somebody had a problem or you didn't like this, what this person said or something happened. You know, there were things that were happening back then just like they are now, but the family was tight. And we didn't let anything really come between us. We just got together and we had fun. You know, we did what we had to do. And I'm gonna tell you this, my core values were established at an early age from my view of the family. The reason why I am what I am today is because my core values were established back then by my mother, by my grandmother, by my great-grandmother. These people showed us the way. They showed us what family really is. But I'm going to tell you something, and that's why God, he said, I, 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 you have to, when I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? He's, I just heard him say, family matters. I kept hearing it, family matters. I said, family matters? He said, yes, family matters. Something has happened to the family unit in this country. It has deteriorated over the years. There's way less fellowship. Sunday dinners, family reunions. I know some people are still doing it. I'm not talking to everybody. You know your family's straight, but there's a lot of families that's broken. Celebrating special occasions, all this stuff. Families worshiping together at church on Sunday. What's that? The walls of the family have been torn down. The family has always been a place of covering and protection. If no place that you could go, you knew that no matter what happens, whether no matter what I was going through, I know that I could go to my family and I know I was going to be protected. I knew I was going to be covered. But the walls of the family have been broken down. I was talking to one of my older clients this week and you know, she was telling me about her family. She said that when her mother passed away, her mother told her before she passed away, her mother said, when, you, when I pass away, she said, they're going to turn on you. That's what she told me. I'm just telling you, this week, I had already done this message, and she told, I'm, I'm just talking to this lady, you know, in between working, and she said, and just as, just as sure as she said it, as soon as my mother passed away, all of my, some of my siblings and other cousins, family, they all turned on me because of the stuff that they wanted from her mother. Families, are, I'm just telling y'all the truth. It's a lot of families in here. It's somebody passes away, and as soon as they pass away, everybody's trying to see what they can get. When we're supposed to be a family unit, when we're supposed to be loving one another, but families, there are people that turn on you for money now. Your sister, I'm just trying to tell you, you'll turn on, I want mama's coat, I want this. For what was in there? What did they leave? What did they leave behind? I'm trying to tell you. This is what this woman told me. That's why I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, family matters. And this is what I heard the Lord say prophetically. He said, there are times ahead that we're going to face some challenges and we have to pull together. We have to pull our families close. That's what the Lord said. I'm telling you what I heard. There's some tough times coming. And the only way that you're going to survive is we pull together as family. Even in this church, this church is a family church. But what happens when the walls are destroyed in the family? Any and every kind of evil can come in. All kinds of confusing doctrine and philosophies. You see, in Nehemiah, Chapter 4, verse, or this, is what he, this is what they said in verse 8. 
They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. And this is what the enemy has done. This is what he wanted to do. He, he's made plans. The devil has made plans to come and fight against the family and throw us into confusion. That was what his goal was. I want to throw the family into confusion because the enemy knows that the family is the foundation of the church. You would not have a church if you didn't have family. The family was the first thing that God ordained before the church was ever even thought of. God ordained the family because he knew that was going to be the foundation of everything. And the Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So we have to do something different now. It's time for us to rebuild the walls. That's what I'm talking about today. But I'm here to, to, to I want to let you know today. I want to announce to you today that it's time to rebuild. I know it might be uncomfortable having to be around cousin such and such or whatever, somebody that offended you. But God is saying it's time to rebuild. Now listen to this. What is the definition of a good family? Let me tell you this. There are several characteristics that are generally identified with a well-functioning family. Some include support, love, and caring for other family members, providing security and a sense of belonging, open communication, making each person within the family feel important, valued, respected, and esteemed. That's what they define as a good family, a place where they make you feel esteemed, a place where they make you feel respected, a place where they make you feel valued. That's one thing that my wife and I made sure that we've done with our daughters. No matter what happens with them, we make them feel esteemed. We make them feel respected. Even when they make mistakes, it doesn't matter. We let them know that they are valued. Because they need to know. This younger generation needs to know that they're valued. That's why this, when you ask a lot of these younger people, you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? They say, I want to be famous. Because they want to be valued. Something, somewhere along the way, they've lost the value of, of somebody valuing them. A father valuing them. A mother valuing them. And so we have to make them feel valued as a family. And I love that about even our family. When my brother's around, He's around my daughters and he's around uh, the other family members. We encourage our younger people. My nephew had his, he celebrated, we celebrated his 18th birthday yesterday. And everybody in the family, and some people that were not even in the family, got up and said something to him to let him know, son, you are valued. You are valued. And let him know, son, we are with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever happens in your life, let you know that we are with you. We are with you. And I want y'all to know today, I know I heard the Lord say this to me so, so strongly. I want you to know, Mother Stroud, Elder Stroud, I'm fighting for you. Pastor Stroud, I want you to know I'm fighting for you. Because in that verse where it says fight for your family, another word for fight for your family is fight for your brothers. So I want you to know I'm fighting for you, Pastor Samiko. I'm fighting for you, Mother Flo. I'm fighting for you, Brother Ken. I'm fighting because you're a part of the family. That's what God called me to do while I'm here. If I'm here until I'm six feet under, that's what I'm fighting for. 
I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up until it's all done. Until everybody that God has called to come into the kingdom is in the kingdom. Listen, even I remember when reading about um, uh, Moses, when he had told the, some of the children of Israel, the different tribes, three of the tribes didn't have to cross over the Jordan River. They, he, they settled on one side. And the rest of them had to go and possess the land. They had to cross over the Jordan River to possess the land. And we don't do this anymore. But Moses told them, yeah, you can settle in over there, but you got to cross over with your brothers and fight for them until they possess what God has called them to possess. May you be cursed if you stay over there comfortable while you, your brothers are over here still trying to fight for what God has given them. They had to cross over with them and fight for them. And so I want to let y'all know this morning, whoever's in here this morning, I'm crossing over for you. I'm not going to stay comfortable where I am on this side of the Jordan. Yeah, I'm blessed, but I got to cross over and help you get what you, what God has for you. That's why I called my brother and told him, listen, we got to do something together because I'm fighting for you just like you fighting for me. I need you to be praying for me. I need you to be looking out for me. I need you to have my back. I can't stop fighting until you get what God has called for you to get. You got to fight for your family. That's what Nehemiah said. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your sons. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. The enemy's trying to come into your home and take over. We see it just like Pastor Shroud said this morning. You can turn the TV on and everything you see is just trash, some of it. I like sports and stuff. Me and my brother could go dogs. I love sports. Different things you can watch, but everything now seems like everything you watch has got a little bit of this and that. And you say, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little bit of it. Every show, I'm just being honest. You can watch a show and you be like, you a superhero movie. Superhero movie. Somebody's in there. They got to be, it's, you know, it's homosexual stuff. I'm just being honest with you. You're like, dang, I was watching a cartoon. I was watching a cartoon. And I'm like, let's sit. I'm going to sit down and enjoy this, this new movie cartoon that just came. I'm not going to name it. But I'm sitting there watching it. And they got lesbian women in the cartoon because they're trying to indoctrinate our children to be comfortable with sin. They're trying to invade our homes. And if we're going to be right, we got to stand up for our family. We got to stand up for what is. I don't care what nobody think about me. I'm standing for something. They standing bold for what they stand for. Why are we not going to stand bold for what we stand for? They standing real bold. They'll stand up and say, I'm this, I'm that. I'm going to stand up and say, I'm this and I'm that. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I believe in God. I stand for God. For God I live and for God I die. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We, can't, we cannot sit back cowering down anymore. Oh, we can, every time somebody gets ready to say something that they don't like something, here it comes. They want to try to take the person, take everything they got. Why? Because they're standing for what they want to stand for. But I'm, I don't have anything to lose. I don't have anything to lose. I serve Almighty God. You can't control me. You can't control what I say. You can't control what I stand for. I stand for God. I stand for the family. I stand for righteousness and holiness. We got to, as the church, we got to get back to standing for righteousness and holiness. Don't let nobody tell to make you feel funny because you are a child of God. And you believe in that Christian stuff? Yes, I believe in that Christian stuff. Yes, I believe in it. Yes, I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe in it. You know, the family 
was part of our culture. It was part of who we were and what we stood for. It helped us to be close, close and respect and love one another. You know, but technology has rapidly accelerated. Social status, where you live at, what you know, what you got, how much you make a year. The church, the church used to be the pillar of the community. I'm, just, I'm telling you, people would be like, I got to go to church. Now people just, church. They, let, me, let me see what, what I'm going to look to. I got to find something. I gotta, every, they looking everywhere, you know, because the devil wants to discredit the church. You understand what I'm saying? He's trying to discredit us so people won't look at us no more. But we got some people that God is raising up. We got some people. We got some people that God is raising up that's not going to be ashamed of the Lord. That's not going to be afraid to stand for him. You know, you know, Sundays used to be a, 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 a sacred day. You know, now people had a business open on Sundays. You can go get your nails done. You can go get your hair cut. These people ain't honoring God. But I ain't worried about them. I'm worried about what God has called me to do. See, Paul said, I'm, I can't, I'm not there to judge them. He said, we're not called to judge them. We're called to be there for each other. We're called to call each other to the account. God's going to take care of that. He said, I'll separate the wheat from the tares. So Sunday has become just like any other day of the week. But God is still blowing the trumpet and saying, family matters. Say, family matters. These are some of the issues that are affecting families. I, did, I looked up the research because I like to have official stuff. They said abuse, addiction, communication issues, divorce, grief, parenting, pornography, same-sex attraction, suicide, lack of family counseling, and the last one, declining religious values. People's religious values have declined because people just want to, you know, we want to just be comfortable around people. But, the, but Jesus said if, he said if, 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 he said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. They didn't like Jesus. Listen, Jesus was out healing people, church, and they were trying to kill him for healing people, for setting people free. He was doing the works that his father sent him to do, and they were plotting to kill him for standing for his father. So what do you think they're going to do to us? We have to stand no matter what. We have to have our minds made up. In this anti-family culture, God speaks. He is saying to us, like he said to Nehemiah and the Israelites, rebuild the walls. But we have an enemy that is fighting against us. He's, he's spitting out threats to stop us from rebuilding. Listen to this. This is what they were doing when Nehemiah and them were trying to build, rebuild the walls. It says, meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The enemy wants to swoop down on us and stop us from building the family because he knows it's the foundation. He knows it's what's gonna change everything in our culture. He's trying to swoop down. Some of us are working to rebuild the family and how do we work to rebuild the family? By forgiving offenses. We reach out, we're reaching out to those who, have, who we have estranged. Now there are some people 
you don't need to be around them. I'm just being honest with you. There are some people that you have to say, no, nah, I can't be around that person. But for the most part, God wants us to be able to forgive and reach out because we're real, 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 we are rebuilding the walls. Nothing is more important than family. Not money, not fame, not ministry, not career. Family matters. Our young people need us more than ever before. They are faced with a barrage of wicked culture from media to music to false doctrine. There's false doctrine everywhere, but the Lord told us it was going to be false doctrine. He said, beware of false teachers because see a little leaven, a little bit of false teaching. It sounds like it's Jesus. It sounds like it's right, but a little leaven leavened the whole lump. You just let a little bit of false teaching get into your head, and now you done got off into something, and it ain't even God. You understand what I'm saying? So we got to be careful of the false. You got to be careful what kind of music you listen to. You got to be careful what kind of media you watch. You got to be careful of the false doctrine around you. You got to ask God, Lord, show me. You know, you can't just eat everything. You got to fight like our lives depending on it. That's what I'm telling y'all, church. We have to fight like our lives depend on it because it does. You understand? This is what the Lord said to me in 2 Corinthians uh, 10 and 4 and 5. He said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, the weapons that we're fighting with, they're not carnal weapons. I don't have to fight against the the enemy with carnal weapons. I got spiritual weapons that I can fight with. This word is a weapon. And so David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You got to hide the word of God in your heart. You got to stand on this word. When the enemy telling you you are sick, you got to be like, no, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You got to stop receiving these reports. Now, when they tell you, when you go to the doctor and tell you it's good to get your information, but after that, you got to go back and declare. Like, no, 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 God, this ain't what God said for me. This ain't God's will for me. When they diagnosed my wife with cancer, the Lord had already spoke to me before they did it. He told me to let her know before she went to the doctor, everything is going to be all right. We went to that doctor. He said, she was pregnant with my daughter. And the doctor said, you're not going to be able to have this baby. But God. But God. I heard what you said, doctor. But God. Okay, you need to, you, you, you might as well get ready to not have this baby. No, 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 no. God already spoke to my husband and told him everything is going to be all right before I came here. See, so that's why you got to have a word. It was a rhema word. And while she was laying in the bed, she had a dream and the Lord healed her. They, the Lord healed her of that cancer. And we got my daughter is 23 years old right now. And she's an opera singer in Jesus name because we didn't receive that report. From the enemy. We didn't receive that report. We stood on the, on the word of God, on what God had told us. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to try to sneak in your house and give you something that you're not supposed to have. He wants to leave a package at your house. You ever got a package from Amazon and it wasn't yours? You look on your name ain't even on, on, ain't even on the package. You know, when the enemy brings a package to your house and you look at it, my name ain't on that package. I'm not getting ready to pick that up 
and bring that into my house. You got to start turning down some of these packages that are coming to your house trying to destroy you. He's trying to deliver stuff to your house, but you got to tell him my name is not on it. My name ain't on that package and I'm not receiving it in a jamer. Send it back. You need to prophesy right now and say, send it back. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. My name ain't on poverty. My name ain't on cancer. My name ain't on diabetes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My name's not on that. We've been receiving too many wicked packages. That the enemy's trying to deliver to your house. But you got to fight for your home. You got to send those packages back to the enemy. That ain't mine. That ain't mine, Ken. I'm not supposed to be broke. I'm not supposed to be poor. My God is an all-sufficient God. My God is a, he's a, a all-anointed one. He owns the cattle upon us. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help don't come from man. My help come from God. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm returning to sender. Next time, you got to return to sender. Return to sender. You understand what I'm saying? Because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to their enemies. They were threatening them when they were trying to rebuild. This is what they said. Symbolic was very angry. Enemies angry when he learned that they were rebuilding. The devil's angry because he knows today you're receiving, you're rebuilding. We're rebuilding. He flew into a, a rage and mocked the Jews, saying, in front of his friends and the Samaritan, Samaritan army of officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can rebuild the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can do, make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone would, wall would collapse even if a fox walked along the top of it. But listen to this. He said, then I prayed. Nehemiah said, then I prayed. See, you got to pray. You got to pray. You can't always be asking somebody, can you pray for me? You got to pray. He said, then I pray. You know, it's okay to ask somebody to pray for you, but you know when you really ask somebody to pray for you, a lot of times they don't pray for you. You be like, can, yeah, can you pray for me? And they be on, you be on the phone with them like, yeah, girl. Is this and that happen, girl? Yeah, girl, this. And then can you pray for me? And they be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. They hang up that phone and turn that TV on. That's why you got to pray. You got to pray. You, he said, then I prayed. Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they, may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. So what are we to do as a church? First, they offer sacrifices to God. See, we have to get our hearts right with God first. It's time that we spend time in his presence. 
that we offer sacrifices. See, if you're going to win this battle, it's got to cost you something. A sacrifice is something that costs you something. And so that's what you have to do. It, it, you you got to sacrifice time in prayer. You got to sacrifice time in helping and giving and doing something. We can't just pray because, you know, we, we know we're going to pray. But we got to do more than pray. We got to get out and we got to take action like they did. We got to do because all the time when you talk to people and say, I'm praying, I'm praying, it's good to pray. But we got to take action on top of that. And at the same time, I'm praying that I'm moving, I'm doing something. So we got to pray. That's number one. The next thing they did is they asked God for help because they knew they couldn't do it alone. You see, you, when, to be able to forgive somebody that offended you, a family member, to be able to just be able to connect with them again, you need God. Even when the, Peter or one of them came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how many times shall we forgive? They keep hurting me. They done did this again. Jesus said 70 times, seven. He said, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Jesus said, with man, it's impossible. With God. See, that's why you need God. You can't, you can't, do, this, you can't do this forgiveness thing. What about you on your own? You're trying to give in your own thing, and then you're just getting mad again every time you think about what they did to you. So we got to be able. We need to be able. We need God's help to forgive. We, we need his help to be able to have a hard conversation with that person. You know, that offended you in the family. To deal with family issues, we need prayer. We got to take action. And then the other thing that they did is that they had to move the old rubble. Listen to this. It says, then, uh, verse 10, it says, then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to rebuild the wall by ourselves. See, the rubble is all that old stuff that is useless. It's heavy. It's a burden. Yes, it happened. Yes, you were offended. But God says it's time to move the rubble. We got to leave that rubble behind. That's from the old wall. And see, you can't build something new if you still got the old rubble in the way. Some of y'all been holding on to old rubble for a long time, holding on to that old rubble. It's just a pile of rocks. And God is saying, listen, I got, I got something over here, some new stuff that I want you to rebuild with, but you got to get rid of the old rubble first. You got to let go of that stuff that happened in the past. You got to stop just going over and over in your head about what happened, holding on to bitterness, rubble, holding on to unforgiveness, rubble, holding on to malice, rubble. God says, get rid of the rubble. Forget about that. Move it out the way so God can give you the stuff that he wants you to build with. Got to get rid of the rubble. That's right. They call them earth movers, bulldozers. The last thing they did is they stood to fight. They defended what they were standing for. And again, the scripture here says in verse 14, then I looked over the situation. We're looking over the situation. Now we can see that the walls need to be rebuilt. I called together the nobles. You got to call some people together. And the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord. I remembered the Lord. I know that's the key, remembering the Lord, who is great and glorious. Fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. And fight for your homes. 
if we're going to restore the walls of the family, we have to fight. I want to tell you today, I'm fighting. I'm fighting for you. Because I know that we're more than conquerors. We've already won the battle. I know that we are overcomers. I know that we are victorious already because Christ has given us the victory. And I know that we are well able. See, we have to stand together. We have to stand together if we're going to win this battle. We have to stand together. And so I want my mother, my brother, my wife, my spiritual mother, I want y'all to come up here. I want y'all to come up here. Because I, 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 I think when you're doing something, when you can see it, when you can see it, it's when you can be it. When you can see it is when you can be it. Yeah, bring the little man too. He's part of the family. Amen. 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 Yes, come on up. Y'all come on up. Y'all walking like y'all, like, like I'm here to do something to y'all. I, <laughs> I just want y'all to come up so y'all can see that we're standing together. That we're standing together. That we're going to fight for one another. That we're going to hold on to one another. That we're going to stand with each other. Because this is the generation that we have been called to live in. This is the generation of, that God has called us to be in. And while we're here, we are going to fight. And we have more family than this. They just couldn't make it today. But this, is, this family came. So this, I say, Lord, whoever come, that's who I'm calling it up. Amen. Amen. And I want y'all to know, of course, y'all are our family too. But these are my blood. Spiritual blood and, and physical blood. So let's pray this morning. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father God, for the family, God, that we as the family, we will begin to rebuild the walls that have been torn down in Jesus' name so that we will be able to do what you have called us to do as the family. Lord, you've called us to overcome. You've called us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, Lord God. I thank you, God, that we are not weak. We're not feeble, God. But we are strong, God, in the name of Jesus. And we are standing, God, in the name of Jesus. Things will change. Things will be different, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. And let us all as a body be connected like never before heading into 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love y'all. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want to thank you all for just receiving this word today. And I want you to just get it prophetically in your mind and in your, in, on your mouth. Like my wife said, you got to speak whatever it is you want to see. So I want you to just get it in your mouth. Family matters. Say family matters. Amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.